You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Stacy. We are pleased to present to you the women behind the new Amazon series, Harlem. Starring Megan Good, Jerry Johnson, Grace Byers, Shaniqua Shandai, and Tyler Lepley. Created, written, and executive produced by Tracy Oliver. From writer Tracy Oliver, Harlem is a new comedy following four stylish and ambitious best girlfriends in Harlem, New York, the mecca of black culture in America. Camille, played by Megan Good, is a popular young anthropology professor at Columbia with extensive knowledge of the dating norms of many cultures, but has a hard time navigating her own love life. Ty, played by Jerry Johnson, is a successful queer dating app creator who prefers keeping vulnerability and romantic partners at arm's length. Quinn, played by Grace Byers, is a hopeless romantic and trust fund fashion designer who is trying to give back to the world while running a struggling business. Angie, played by Shaniqua Shandai, is a confident, vibrant, and filter-free singer and actress who also lives rent-free and fabulously with Quinn. Together, they level up from their 20s into the next phase of their careers, relationships, and big city dreams. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring the team behind the new Amazon series, Harlem. Let's go, Stacey. Hello. Yes, with the background. Oh, with the background, Stacey. You came through. This Black Girl Nerd knew what to do. That's right. I had to represent. <laughs> Well, hello, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful people. My name is Stacey. I'm with Black Girl Nerds. Um, I just recently heard about this series and I'm very, very excited. I love a series full of beautiful Black women doing beautiful Black women things. So uh, Tracy, I wanted to um, talk to you first. Girls Trip, of course, was an amazing film that defied expectations, especially at the box office. What is it about Black female friendships and female friendships in general that's so enjoyable? And how does that dynamic carry over into Harlem? I will start off by saying that I just love Black women. I always have. Because people are always like, oh, you seem to really like friendship stuff. And I'm like, I guess I just really like Black women. And I hang out with Black women. My sister is one of my best friends. And I have to say, those are the people that I come to the most like in my life when I'm it whether it's my mom my aunt my friends whatever it's always some black woman <laughs> that I go to for advice so I'm just really really like 
inspired and blessed to keep like doing this type of stuff. And um, I, I really wanted to do this show because I felt like it was needed at that time. And I really wanted to see Harlem the way that I lived it. I, I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the people and the friendships that I had there and just the camaraderie. And I felt like I wanted to just do a show that really celebrated black female friendships, um, but set in a place that had so much culture and beauty to it. So, yeah. That's wonderful. I love it. Can't wait to see it. Now, um, I apologize. Uh, I only see three of the cast here. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Who, who's missing? Oh, Grace. Quinn. Grace. Grace. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. So I want to speak with Megan. Um, I love that Camille is one of those smart and beautiful women that seem to have problems with relationships. And it <laughs> kind of shows that all women are vulnerable to insecurities. Uh, can you tell us kind of what drew you to Camille? Do you see any of yourself in her? Oh, yeah. I see a lot of myself in Camille. Um, so many things drew me to her. One, I just love like her spirit and I love like her hopefulness and I love her awkwardness and I love that she overthinks everything. And, um, there's just so much about her that I just fell in love with and I got excited to play her. And then there was also the physical comedy that I get to do and just be a lot of the awkward Megan that actually exists, um, but in a different form. And so, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited about this character. And I think mainly because, again, I, there's a lot of shows that I would watch in my 20s and 30s. And I'd be like, I don't see myself here. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not my experience personally. And so with this show, I see myself in Camille. I also see myself in some of the other characters. And I feel like um, even though there are shows with other Black women, again, it's not about co competing. It's about everybody bringing something uniquely different. And I think that we all do that. Wonderful. Well, um, Jerry, I am hey. such a huge fan of Good Trouble. I absolutely love it. It's so fun. And Michaela seems to be more kind of hands off and go with the flow, whereas Ty seems to kind of be very type A, very, you know, very much wants to be kind of in control of everything. Yeah. Um, what's it like to kind of play these two completely different characters that are embodied by one person? It's interesting because I feel like they both have like two different sides of me. Like Michaela might be like how I show up, you know, I'm like the spiritualist. Let me help you out. What do you need? That kind of thing. But like on the inside, I'm a savage. And Ty, no, but Ty is a little bit of that way. Like I can be, I'm an Aquarius, but I have a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising. And so like being about the work and like, okay, how do I do this? I want to accomplish this. What do I do? And Ty is very much work oriented. She knows, okay, I can't work for these white people anymore. I have to <laughs> set and trailblaze for myself and for my people. And so what do I have to do to do that? And sometimes she then forgets about other things like she can be blind to other things um and so it was interesting embodying that kind of um sometimes like a lack of awareness of like people and like being in love and, and relationships and things like that because it's just like I want to be the best CEO of a tech company in the world what do I need to do to do that so it, it was, it, it's very beautiful to get to. And it's also a testament to, I think like 
this is the art form, like getting to embody completely different characters mm -hmm. using the same body is, is literally why I do this. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing her journey, definitely. Um, Shaniqua, <laughs> let me tell you, I have been an Angie <laughs> and I have taken care of an Angie. <laughs> what is it about the Angies of this world that make you just want to help them kind of achieve their goals? What is the upside to Angie? I have also been an Angie. I was actually an Angie when I auditioned for Angie. Uh, well, no, I was just recovering from Angie. Honestly, that's why I just recovered and just got my own spot. And that's why I think I was so resistant to finding Angie. Um, but I really think is that Angie is so, you can't help but follow the fire. And she's so confident in herself that you're forced to believe it. You have to, I mean, when you see someone who's so adamant in what they want, and, and, and that's a blessing in itself because a lot of people don't know what they want or what their purpose is. And she's so specific about it and so focused. And that I, I guess you just have to, you, I mean, she's magnetic. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to get with it or you're going to get lost. And I mean, I'm just a force to be reckoned with. I don't, I don't know how to describe. She's a force. <laughs> <laughs> you're for real. That's just who she is. <laughs> Angie. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, it just sweeps you up in the wave. Like some people are just, their energy is just contagious because I think a lot of people are just looking for leaders. We're wow. looking for to, to be led. I think we've been like trained to be participants. We've been trained to like have other people think for us or tell us what to do. So when you meet someone who dares to say, actually, I'm going to believe in me regardless of what you do, I think it just automatically attracts other people. And um, I think the, wor the world, the universe has to bend to that kind of force. And that it, it speaks to a certain kind of confidence mm -hmm. that can sometimes seem inaccessible. And when you see someone not only accessing it, but then like taking control of it and, you know, put it in a headlock, you're like, okay, I want to know who that person is. Uh, I love that answer. Um, Tracy, I wanted to ask you about Quinn, uh, the Quinn of it all. She kind of has her life figured out on paper. You know, it seems like everything's perfect. She has this job and yada, yada, but she's still kind of under her parents. Are we going to kind of see her seeking that independence? And will she be kind of willing to give up her current lifestyle in order to do that? We're definitely going to see her trying to be independent. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she quite succeeds in that. But what I found interesting with Quinn and I just know people I'm not like this because my my parents couldn't wait to get rid of me. But um, <laughs> I have I have friends who have parents that like actually are their friends and they hang out and they like really are influential in their lives or they're not friends and the, and they still look to their parents for like reassurance and validation even when they're older and I thought that was something really fascinating to explore with Quinn and also with you know Quinn and Angie there's a codependency to their relationship too and I think like Quinn's over-reliance on other people in that way is also kind of why she and Angie, she says like, oh, I want you off my couch. But there's the, the truth to Quinn is that she wants Angie around. It really is like a, a, a true friendship in the sense of like, I don't know if you saw the, 
is it the first episode? I think it's the first episode where something happens to Quinn and Angie has to kind of step in and, and get her home and save her. But ultimately it's because Angie is a true friend. You know, they, they go back and forth with this, like, you know, get off my couch or you're using me and this and that, but they're using each other in, in some way. And in their friendship and with Quinn's relationship with um, her mom, I think we're getting to some codependency issues and we're getting to like her fear of being on her own. And that's definitely what she's going to evolve and grow into. But I don't know if we're going to totally get there in the season. All right. Well, I again look <laughs> forward to it. I'm I just love that we are getting so many narratives that feature black women and not just black women, but diverse black women, yes. you know, people yeah. kind of from every avenue and every facet and mm -hmm. those kind of friendships where the family is made from the group of friends. So right. I am really looking forward to it. Thank you so much, ladies, for taking this time to speak with me. Thank, thank, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.